No matter how long you've been uh, a Christian, how long you've been with the Lord, how many times you've prayed, how, uh, how many great prayers you've given, uh, we can always still go deeper, amen, in prayer. And so we're going to start a series called Developing a Habit of Prayer. Developing a Habit of Prayer, amen. Now, we would believe, every one of us in here, we would believe that prayer is every believer's powerful weapon to push back, right, the works of darkness, uh, and it, opened up, it opens up doors to faith. We would all agree that prayer is what? It's communication with God. I think that that's something we would all believe. You know, the earliest prayers really stem from intimacy with God. And uh, over time, you know, prayers became a little more liturgical, if you will, liturgical. Thank you, Dietra, DT. I had a problem with the THs and the Ts sometimes. But it's, it's become a little more liturgical over the years, uh, just meaning that uh, a little more traditional, a little more set. You know, we write down prayers and, um, you know, even with things like Catholicism and, you know, and those kind of things, prayers are, you know, become a little more traditional. And um, God, I believe, is really drawing his people back into an intimacy, an intimacy with our prayers. Amen. And so in this message series, we're going to look at four aspects of prayer. We're going to touch on the power of prayer. We're going to look a little bit at the boldness of prayer. We're going to talk about the voice of prayer, but today we're going to kick off with the purpose of prayer, the purpose of prayer. Amen. And so if you have your Bibles, we won't put it up just yet, but if you have your Bibles, turn over to Matthew chapter six. We're going to look at uh, something that Jesus said about prayer. Amen. Now, it's certainly true that anyone can pray. Amen. And it's also true that everyone should pray. Come on, everyone should pray. And while you would never, ever be condemned for the way you pray or the words that you say, your style of prayer, the length that you pray, come on, uh, you know, Jesus never condemns. Many people don't pray at all, so at least you do pray. <laughs> At least you pray, all right? He never condemns. But many of us get frustrated from time to time, wondering why our prayers aren't answered, wondering if God even hears us, wondering if they're effective. Why do we pray? And again, while Jesus never condemns us for praying, he did leave us some instructions and some insight on prayer. He left us some instructions. So first of all, let's just define some words that go along with prayer so that you'll know what I'm talking about and I'll know what you're talking about. Amen. We can communicate. That's a big part of communication. You know, really, uh, we look to the dictionary to define words, but the dictionary honestly doesn't really define words. It just tells you how words are traditionally used. And if we're going to communicate, I could be using a word that is contrary to the way the dictionary uses it, but if you understand it and you use the same word back to me and I understand it, we're communicating. 
We've transcended the dictionary, amen? I'm not saying throw away the dictionary. That's not what I'm saying. It's a very, very good help. But I'm just saying we want to be on the same page. We want to, we want to communicate, you know? Um, and so when you look at these words, based on Scripture, we can understand these very simple definitions. First of all, prayer. You know, what just is prayer, right? How do you define prayer? Well, prayer is intentional, purposeful, and intimate communication with God. You might want to write that down. <laughs> prayer is intentional, purposeful, and intimate communication with God. That's what prayer is, okay? Prayer is not, hey, how you doing? It's an intimate communication. It's intentional. Come on. Some other words that we've traditionally used, like petition. Is petition, petition is prayer, right? Well, no, petition is not really prayer. Petition can be used in prayer, but petition and prayer are not the same things. Petition is a request made to God. You can pray to God without a petition, right? It's possible you can do it. You can do it, okay? You can pray to God without a petition. What about a word like supplication? You know, I, I don't know, supplication, that's just a funny word. Really, supplication is not too much different than petition, but supplication, which is the next one, <laughs> is making a humble petition. Come on, with earnest, even begging. It's, you, you, it's, it's with emotion. That's what, that's what supplication is. So now we've gone past, hey, can, Lord, can you give me the money to make the payment? To, Lord, please, <laughs> Lord Jesus, <laughs> I need it right now, Lord, right now. Right now, Jesus, <laughs> right now. Holy Spirit, activate, activate, activate. Come on. Supplication. And then declare or declarations. Declare just means to make known publicly. Or to promulgate. That just means to, to shout it out, right? I just wanted you to know that I know some words. I can't really pronounce them, but I know them. I looked them up. <laughs> this means to shout it out loud. You know what declare means, all right? But I, I wanted to define these, even though you know what they are, because a lot of times we mix them up with prayer. We come together for a prayer meeting and we, you know, we, we, we all these things get woven into each other. And we just want to understand that. God doesn't mind our petitions. In fact, he wants our petitions. And at times, if we need to make supplications, Paul said, prayer and supplication, because we're emotional beings. He's not, you know, he's not against us being emotional. Just uh, He's against us allowing our emotions to control us, okay? So we're emotional beings. And to make declarations, absolutely he wants us to do that. But first, he wants us to pray. First, he wants us to pray. First, he wants us to pray. He wants us to pray, okay? So, in Matthew chapter 6, here are some of Jesus' thoughts on prayer. Matthew chapter 6, looking at verse 5. Uh, I'm reading from the New King James Version. All right. Jesus said this. He said, and when you pray, you shall not, you shall not be like the hypocrites. What are the hypocrites? So they love to pray standing in the synagogues 
and on the corners of the streets that they may be seen by men. That's their purpose. We're talking about the purpose of prayer. Hypocrites' purpose is to be seen by men, okay? Jesus said, assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, watch this now, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do. For they think that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, Jesus says, do not be like them, for your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. Before you ask him, come on. Jesus has just given us a little insight. He said some other things on prayer as well. And then Jesus prayed. He gave us some examples of prayer. And then the question from reading what Jesus said becomes, I need to look at myself and ask some questions. Well, when I pray, do I use random words? How do I pray? I call it Christianese. You know, you're in church a certain amount of time. You, you learn some words, you know, or you learn how to mispronounce some words like humble. Don't, don't, don't look at me, Dee Dee. Come on. Humble. We so humble. Now, when you're out in the world, you, you, in your, on your job, you say, I'm just a humble person. But when you're in church, you humble. So I guess that's a little, that's the next level up. And some of y'all young people never heard of that. Or, you know, we have these, I get a witness to that. We usually don't use that term, okay, when we're in the world or at the grocery store. Somebody say, man, these gas prices sure are high. You say, well, I get a witness to that. We usually don't say that. We say, sure is. They high, <laughs> right? And, and, and so we have this, this Christianese or words you've memorized that you've heard others say. You hear other people pray. You know, I hear Brother James pray or I hear, hear Brother Eldon pray. So I say, man. He's just so eloquent when he prays, and I want to pray like that. But then I begin to mimic what he does, the words he says and the style that he prays in. Words that are comfortable to you. Do we use that? Uh, you know, we, as I said, we have a different vocabulary sometimes than your normal vocabulary. Words that you think other people or God will approve of, right? We have to use those kind of words when we pray. Is that kind of how you feel when you pray? Now, let me tell you this. Let me say this along with what I'm saying is that I'm not coming against any style or any, if you pray that way, I'm not coming against it. I'm just telling us we have to look internally because really what we're getting at is our motivation. Because Jesus said, do not be like the hypocrites, okay? They have their reward, okay? We don't want to already have our reward. That's not why we pray. So it's not about how you pray, but we need to look at why do we pray the way that we pray, okay? God invites us, folks, into the living room of his heart when we pray. God invites us into the kitchen of his friendship, into the dining room of his strength. He just wants to get together with you. Come on. And prayer is the key that opens the door to his house. And we all have the key 
The question is not, do you have the key? The question is, will you use the key? Will you use the key to go in? That's, that's the question before us. And some of us would ask, okay, you, you know, G Jesus said this, your father knows the things that you have need of before you ask him. Then why do we pray? Why, why should I pray? We must know this. If you don't get anything else out of this whole series, please understand this point. In all true prayer, the glory of God must come before the needs of our heart. Now notice, I didn't say in all prayer, we don't bring the needs of our heart. That's not what I said. Oh, God wants to know the needs of your heart from your lips. But the glory of God must come before the needs of our heart. See, the object of prayer is not to bend God's will to mine with my supplications because I really need the thing. I really need the job. I really need the money. I really need this relationship to work. I really need the healing. I really need it. So, Lord, I want to bend your will to mine. But it's that our will would get in line with his. So for prayer to get anything done at all, there must be a concern for the glory of God. Do you hear what I'm saying? For prayer to get anything done, there must be a concern for the glory of God. And I'm telling you, if we would look in the mirror, me included, we would say that there are times when I did not have a concern. I wanted to have a concern, but I didn't have a concern for the glory of God. My concern was the healing of my wife. My only concern was that the money come through by Friday. My only concern. But there must be a concern for the glory of God. The deepest need of an assembly of God's people is that they would worship and pray and that God would shine a light of revelation in our heart. That is our deepest, most intimate need that we have. Proverbs 29, 18 says, where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint, but happy is he who keeps the law. Another version puts it this way. It says, when people do not accept divine guidance, they run wild, but whoever obeys the law is joyful. You see, revelation is the key. Why? You might say, well, I, you know, you know, brother Mike, I, I understand all that revelation stuff. But listen, I'm, you know, I'm sick or my mother is sick and we need that right now. Here's what you got to understand. The, the psalm says, in thy light, we shall see light. In thy light, we shall see light. What does that mean? That means that all of your answers are in the revelation that God gives you when you glorify him. The answer for your healing is in the light of God's revelation. The answer for your deliverance is in the light of God's revelation. The answer for your promotion on your job and the healing of your marriage is in the light of God's revelation. And God said, seek my revelation first, but seek ye first the kingdom of God. And all these things will be added unto you. See, God's not putting aside your needs or your wants. He's not putting those aside. Don't think that. All he's saying is, listen, come to me, all ye who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Don't seek the rest. Seek me, because I have the rest. 
I have the rest. I have a supernatural rest that you know nothing about. Come on, somebody. And, you know, if, if, if God can't be affected by what we say, then, then why do we pray? I'm not going to change God's mind. We have these questions. If God is, is sovereign, then why? God can do anything he wants. He's going to feel the way he feels anyway. Why should I pray? If God is not influenced by us, then why pray? I mean, sovereignty means that he's free from your influence. That's what sovereignty means. So there's no reason for me to waste my time appealing to God. But let me just tell you something. Listen to this now. Watch this. God is as sovereign as his word. Whoa, what does that mean? That means, and I don't have a better way to say this, probably not the right way to say it, but in my, my, my limited mind, my limited capacity here on earth, this is the only way to say it, and that is God is limited by his word and only by his word. God is limited, and he did that. I'm not, I didn't put that on him. God is limited by his word because God never violates his word. You see, whenever God speaks, whatever he says becomes law, even to him. God is sovereign until he speaks. See, some folks wonder, how come God hasn't answered me? I've been praying and I don't hear nothing from God. Perhaps God knows that once I say it, I got to do it. See, he's not like us. Some of us have the gift of gab. We just like to talk. Come on. And no tell, we can't even remember stuff that we said. We say so much stuff, and somebody's holding you to some stuff, and you don't even remember saying it. See, God's not like that. He's careful about what he says because when he speaks, when he speaks, come on, that's it. That's it. And so Jesus gave us these keys in this passage of Scripture. And we can see from the text that Jesus warns us about incorrect prayer habits incorrect prayer habits. So if we're going to develop a habit to pray, folks, let's develop proper prayer habits. That's all I'm saying, okay? Let's develop proper prayer habits. So three things I want to give to you, and I'll let you go today. Number one, if you don't have a relationship in secret, you won't accomplish anything in public. We better say that again, too. If you don't have a relationship, a prayer relationship in secret, don't expect anything in public. Jesus was very clear about it. Come on. See, God looks at the secret closet of communication because he wants a relationship with you. He doesn't want something from you. He wants you. And he wants you to be the same way with him. You know, imagine someone, imagine me coming up and talking to you. And, you know, maybe we're out in the marketplace somewhere or, you know, uh, at a restaurant or I see you at the store and I, I begin to talk to you and I start talking loud and my voice gets louder and, you know, hey, how you doing? Uh, it's so good to see you. I'm real good friends with you. Listen, if there's anything you need, let me know because I'm a good giver and I'll, I'll give you anything that you need. I'm a good friend. How would that make you feel? You're looking all around. You want somebody else. Are you talking to me? Why are you so weird? <laughs> so weird. <laughs> How do you think God feels? 
How do you think he feels? Even when we're together in a prayer circle and you start talking loud and you start using all those words. Again, I'm not coming against it if that's from your heart, but I'm just saying, what's your motivation for it? You just want other people to know that you know the words. You want other people to, to know that you're so spiritual. And, my, and, and in the meantime, God is saying, listen, I'm right here. I don't know who you're talking to. You're not talking to me. Who you're talking to? You talking to me? You talking to me? Right? <laughs> you see, to strengthen our relationship with God, we need some meaningful alone time with him. We need some meaningful, not just alone, we need some meaningful quality alone time with him. I guarantee you, you can spend 10, 15 minutes in your prayer closet, in your office, in your basement, in your bedroom, where, in your bathroom, wherever, with God. And if it's meaningful and it's from the heart, it's better than a sweet hour of prayer and you're just repeating words and saying things you don't understand and don't remember what happened. He wants meaningful alone time with you. Pastor and author Francis Chan once said that God is calling you to a passionate love relationship with himself. The answer to religious complacency isn't working harder at the list of do's and don'ts. It's falling in love all over again with God. That's the answer to religion. Second thing I want you to know is this. When our prayers aren't intentional and purposeful, we can't expect our communication to be fruitful. I'm going to give you a minute to write that one down too. I know I got some long points. When our prayers aren't intentional and purposeful, we can't expect our communication to be fruitful. Ephesians 6.18 says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication, and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end, with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. The Amplified Version, now listen to this now. The Amplified Version puts it this way. It says, with all prayer and petition. We have it up there, good. With all prayer and petition, with specific requests. See, God, God doesn't want you to not give your requests, all right? With specific requests at all times, watch this, on, for every occasion and in every season, in the Spirit, and with this in view. Stay alert with all perseverance and petition, interceding in prayer for all of God's people. Interceding in prayer for all of God's people. Now, I want to say something as a side note. I was contemplating whether to say this or not because I really don't want to offend people, but I hope you take it in the right way and in the manner that it's meant to be received, and that is that, I, well, first of all, let me just preface it with this. I, you know, I praise God for prayers, for people who pray, people who intercede, intercessors, people who intercede and come and intercede for others. Amen. I thank the Lord because God has called people to a special place, and he said, listen, I, I need somebody to stand in the gap, all right? And I thank God for those who answered the call. But I've searched the whole Bible. I've read the Bible that I know of 32 times. Now, that's not anything about me. It's just to prove my point. I've never seen in there a ministry of intercession, of intercessors, okay? That's not a down, okay? That, listen, 
Here's, here's the point to it. It, it, it. What I'm saying doesn't have anything to do with those who feel the need to be intercessors. It has nothing to do with you. It has to do with the rest of us who feel like, well, those people are prayers. Brother Eldon, Brother James, they pray and they intercede, so it gives me an excuse not to do it or not to put much effort into it. That's who I'm talking to, okay? So if you are offended, good. Oh, uh, you didn't hear me. I said, if you're offended, good, because I, I just offended myself. I don't know how you even do that. How do you even offend yourself? But I just did it, right? And so, right, it doesn't give us an excuse not to pray because you feel like the, that's for the intercessors. Guess what? You're one of them too, <laughs> okay? They're, but the people who have, they just answered the call. All they're doing is they're going the extra mile and they're answering the call. And I thank God for those who would call themselves intercessors, okay? Amen? But it's not a special ministry that you can't do it. You can do it. Okay, and our, our prayers are to be intentional and purposeful. Stay alert. Stay alert. Stay alert. Jesus begged his disciples to stay alert. When you pray, stay alert. And it doesn't just mean, hey, listen, don't fall asleep. Done that. But it also, listen, you might be able to relate to this. Come on. I hope somebody does because I hope I'm not the only one. But I, I know there's been times when I've been praying, and I've had, a, it's, and it only happens, it seems like, when I have a really, a heart to pray. And I'm going to stay there, and I'm going to tarry, and I'm praying, I'm, I'm coming before you, Lord, I'm giving some time, you know, and I just want your heart, and you want my heart, and we're praying, and I'm praying for things, and I'm praying for the church, and, you know, this person, and that person, and the, the church, and the ministry, and uh, I wonder who uh, won that game last night, and, uh, oh, wait, uh, but, to, but to, you know, and the person that, you know, I saw so-and-so at the grocery store. Is it just me? I mean, things just come into your mind out of nowhere. Where did that thought come from? What even happened, right? But I'll tell you this. You really honestly can't prevent thoughts from coming to you, you know, but it's what you do with them. It's what you do with them, right? It's what you meditate on. You know, you have the ability to say, no, nope, I'm not going to think about that. Even if you did for a minute, uh, wait, okay, no, nope, I'm getting right back, okay? Stay alert. Stay alert. He wants intentional communication, purposeful communication with us. And it's not about the person who never drifted off, but it's about the people who started to drift and came back. That's who God's looking for. You see, God loves the overcomer. The overcomer, read it in Revelation, look it up. The overcomer is going to be in the throne room with Jesus. All right, not the perfect person, not the person who never did anything wrong, not the person who never stumbled, but the overcomer. Be an overcomer in your prayer life. God is calling us to do the work to find the promises of God that actually apply to the areas and needs and concerns of us. Come on, do the work. He's calling you and I to be intentional with our prayers. Intentional with our prayers. And then lastly, say what you mean and mean what you say. Come on now. Say what you mean and mean what you say. You know your parents told you that. Some other old person told you that. Say what you mean and mean what you say. In verses 7 and 8 of our text here in Matthew 6, the New Living Version puts it this way. Jesus said, when you pray, do not say the same thing over and over again, making long prayers like people who do not know God. 
They think they are heard because their prayers are long. Don't be like them. Your father knows what you need before you ask him. What is he telling me? To have short prayers? It's not what he's saying. That, that you're a bad person if your prayer is long? It's not what he's saying either. Look at what Jesus is saying here. He's talking about motivation. You know, making, saying the same thing over and over, making long prayers. Here's what he says. They think they are heard because of their prayers are long. That's, that's the motivation we're talking about. Okay? Not saying don't make your prayers long or short. He's just saying don't think you're heard just because you use certain language. Or don't think you're heard because you prayed for an hour and the other person only prayed for seven minutes and ran out of stuff to say. Okay? There probably is a reason they ran out of stuff to say. Ain't nothing else to say right now. Stop making up stuff. Saying the same thing over and over again. Using different words, saying the same thing. God doesn't want to hear a prayer you've heard from someone else or a style that you believe he will receive. No, your father wants to hear from you. What's on your heart? What's on your heart? What are you going through? You know, what are you going through? He just wants you to be you. I remember I have three brothers, three younger brothers, and we were very close growing up. And I remember we had a, a very small house, and uh, we had a den where the TV was in there, and we had a couch and a chair, and, uh, you know, it was, a, it was very small. And in this small room, the four of us used to play football, believe it or not. We played football, sometimes on our knees. Well, we were on our knees, the, the three of us, me and my the two younger brothers, and the, the youngest one, he would, he would stand up because he was too short. He was little and, uh, at the time. And uh, we played football in the room. And I'm telling you what, can you imagine four boys in a small room playing football? I mean, we were hitting the wall with the ball, and we was doing all kinds of things, jumping over stuff. We, we were going all out because we love football. And uh, we were just talking any kind of way to each other. Man, you know, you hit me with your elbow, and, you know, we'd say all kind of things. Until my father got fed up. And then my father would open the door. Now, me, I was the oldest. So I had to intercede. So everything about me changed. Get your foot out of my pocket. Stop doing that. Click it. Father, be, be quiet, everyone. Father is trying to speak. Father, please speak to us. Our ears are here to hear what you might have to say. Father, you don't need a belt, Father. We are here to listen, to see what you... Everything changes. <laughs> My dad said, you better stop throwing that football. I'm going to swing that belt one time. Everybody going to get it. God's not interested in us changing everything around when we come to him. He is the almighty father, okay? He's the creator of the universe, all right? Come on. When he breathed, stars come out. He stopped time. He created time, then stopped it. Created the Red Sea, then split it. Come on. Do we, I mean, we're talking about God, all right? So I get that. I understand it. So just don't come any kind of way. Don't come at any cursing and all kind of stuff. If that's what you do. I hope not. But still, he wants to hear from you. He wants to hear from you. Don't go on autopilot. All right? When we feel it's time to pray, a lot of times we, we go on autopilot. Whether it be uh, before a meal or when we go to bed or uh, in the morning, we, we send prayers thanking God for food or for our day. Do we really mean it? Do we really mean it? 
Try to notice when you go on autopilot. That's what I want you to do this week. And when you notice this, switch your mindset intentionally. That's what God is looking for. That's what he's looking for. And at the end of the day, we must pray. We must pray. Can I just tell you this as we end? God is not happy with empty closets. God is not happy with altars that have no fire. God is not happy with a silent people who complain about the world going by but don't do anything about it, starting with praying to him. God is not happy with our silence. He wants to hear from us. Amen. So this week, I implore you, I beg you, I supplicate. Please, if you're able to, do the devotional. And if you don't want to do the devotional that I'm giving out for our church, do some devotional. Take some time, read a scripture, pray, and listen to see what God would say. And I would even ask you to get a journal or get some paper and write down what happened in your time with God, your response to him, and his response to you. Write it down. Amen.